Hi, hello, how are you? Welcome, sunshine, to the Waves of Joy podcast. My name is Shauna Jabel, a certified personal trainer, digestive health specialist, transformational nutrition coach, registered diagnostic medical sonographer, and successful six-figure entrepreneur. I am obsessed with helping women navigate the undercurrents of life. The time we spend together will teach you how to live simply, leave the mundane, travel the world, demystify happiness, and radiate joy. So get ready to massively up-level your life starting today. Not causing harm obviously includes not killing or robbing or lying to people. It also includes not being aggressive, not being aggressive with our actions, our speech, or our minds. The ground of not causing harm is mindfulness. Where do I begin? I'm just going to tell a story as if you're there, as if I hope you can feel and see and maybe put yourself in my shoes for uh, just a moment. It was a very trying, scary 72 hours starting on October 9th, 2022. And I, for those of you that have followed me for a long time and knew that I was backpacking Europe, this was my last destination and I was in Greece and I had three islands I was going to, Mykonos, Paros, and Santorini. I started in Mykonos and it's known as like the party, the party island, I guess you could say, but it's like the end of the season. Literally everything is closing down by the end of October. And I didn't really care. I was like, give me a cafe with a coffee and give me some food for dinner and I'll just lay at the beach. I didn't really realize that it starts to get cooler too. I guess I was just oblivious to that, but it is now 3.30 in the morning, Eastern time. I have been home for 24 hours, maybe. Um, The jet lag is for real. I'm literally sitting in my bed right now at 3.30 in the morning and I just can't sleep um, because right now Greece would be seven hours ahead. So it's the middle of the day there. So I thought, what better time than just sit down and talk about how I'm feeling? And I don't know, my mind's just been racing. So much has happened. So I got to Mykonos uh, October 9th around, uh, I guess it was early morning, 10, 10 in the morning, and I grabbed a bus to my Airbnb. Uh, my Airbnb was right in the city center, and I didn't really know how big this island was or anything like that, but I got to my Airbnb very early, and like hostels and like hotels, they're very very um, willing to hold your things for you. So I got into my bathing suit and everything and I was like, okay, I will explore around and I'll come back for like the three o'clock check-in. Well, on the ferry, I had met this guy named Ernesto and he's from Peru. And we decided that we should like ride bicycles or rent ATVs or something like that and go to the beach later. And he was on vacation with his mom. I also met a couple of other people, Nancy and Brian from um, San Diego and then Don and Carol from Florida. We all happened to be sitting in business class and it was like the best five, six, five, six people I could have been sitting next to. We had great conversation. The ferry ride was three hours. We all connected. We got each other's contact information. It was just amazing. And this has been like the story of my whole trip. So by no means is this podcast episode going to taint like my view of like Europe or going back or anything like this, but like it was an experience that I need to share to get off of my chest and out of my head and also to help you if you travel alone and you find yourself in this situation, which I pray you never do. So I'm at my Airbnb and I drop off my bags and I'm hoping I don't forget anything in the story too, because when it's, when you're traumatized, you tend to leave out stuff that like, you know, you don't want to leave out, but you forget about it. 
So I walk around the center for a while and I message Ernesto. Mind you guys, the whole time I, um, I have a day bag and I have my phone and in the back of my phone, I have my American SIM card. So when I rented a car in Italy, my service wasn't very good. So I had to, um, use my France SIM card for like the GPS. And then I'd use my American SIM card if I wanted to check in on my text messages. It was probably the more difficult way to go about things, but I'm new to this. So I'm learning as I go and it's worked like literally for five weeks. So who cares? I walk around, I grab a, a Euro and I enjoy the sunshine. It's just beautiful out. And I message Ernesto and say, Hey, uh, my, my hotel recommend Airbnb recommended in, and, uh, to go to this ATV place. It's literally five minute walk from my place. I'm going to go get an ATV. Do you want to meet me at the beach? And he said, yes, sounds great. So I looked up the, the map to the beach and the beach was like a 20 minute drive on ATV, maybe 15 minutes. And I was like, piece of cake. I grew up driving four wheelers. And even though it's on the roads in an Island, like give me a helmet, I'll be safe. So I walked to this ATV place and uh, there's like these three guys that are working there. And one guy's name is Addie. And Addie is uh, the one who walks me to the ATV, makes sure I know how to use it. And I paid $60 to have the ATV for 24 hours. It was low on gas, so I, he told me where the Shell gas station was, so I went down the road um, and filled it up with gas. I should say that the guy working there filled it up with gas. That's the nice part about these places. You see that they have the the people that help you with that stuff because I don't want to put diesel in this and totally ruin it. It's not mine. So he fills it up with gas, and at this point, it's like um, maybe almost 2 o'clock. So when I was leaving my Airbnb, my thought was when I rent this ATV, I'm going to probably need to prove, like my, show my passport. I didn't think my license would suffice. So I didn't want to have to walk all the way back. So I brought my passport with me. Now, when I take my day bag with me, I normally take my laptop with me in the morning because that's when I write in my book and I journal about my, like what's going on or what's been going on the day before. And then I, um, and then later in the day when I leave, I leave my laptop with my bag. So luckily I journaled on the ferry. So I left my laptop at the Airbnb. And I brought with me my camera, my AirPods, which normally I take those out too, to be honest with you. And I had my portable charger, I had uh, my phone, and then I had uh, my passport because I was renting this ATV. So I get to the ATV rental place and they don't need my passport. I just had to sign a few documents. They needed a copy of my license and I was on my way. So I'm like on cloud nine because there's some sense of freedom when you have like a car or an ATV in another country when you've been on public transport for so long. So I was really excited about this and uh, I literally just went right to the beach. I got to the beach. I parked in the parking lot. Now this beach, I had Googled it and there was a paradise beach and super paradise beach. And apparently super dice, super paradise beach was like the most beautiful beach. And, and I was like, okay, perfect. And out of all the islands I was going to, I guess Mykonos had the best beaches. And I was like, perfect beginning of my trip. It'll be the warmest now. Cause as we get into October, it's going to cool down. Just, I need some beach time. Y'all know I've been backpacking for weeks and, uh, this was going to be like my unwind relaxation before coming home. And it was everything but that get to the beach. And, um, I, uh, they gave me an extra helmet in case Ernesto wanted to ride back with me. And I met him out of the, the water and we just sat by the chairs. There wasn't a lot of people out there, but we were just in the water. We started having some cocktails. Now backtrack a little bit. I drank really like three or four times on this trip. Like I had glasses of wine throughout the time, but like, like drank a little bit more than I normally would was in the beginning of the trip, like night one with the guys from the UK that I met and uh, at Oktoberfest. And now at this point in the trip, and I had not drank 
drank mixed drinks this whole trip. I was just felt better with beer or wine, but we were at this fancy beach club and it was like the drinks were amazing, of course, and still loaded with sugar, even though you say not very sweet, still loaded with sugar. And, and then you have the sunshine, which if you've ever drank in the sunshine, it just amplifies how drunk you get and how bad you feel the next day. So we're drinking, we're in the water. And we decide to go up to the bar to get something to eat. Now, Ernesto has friended, befriended the bartender named Maria. And I come back, and I didn't know this. I was in the bathroom. I come back, and he's like, Maria, we need another drink. And I was like, wait, how do you know her? He was like, oh, I was talking to her. Well, he liked me. He likes me. And so he was, like, trying to get her on his side to be like, oh, an American and a guy from Peru. Like, this will be a great combination. Like, it was really funny, right? Nothing, you know, no harm. Um, but Ernesto and I, he was the last person I took a picture with and he's the one that like literally was last one I was dancing with at the beach club and the last picture that was on my Instagram story. So of course, rightfully so this whole trip, I've been up in the morning and updating you guys on like what I was doing for the day. And I wasn't on my phone all day, but yeah, I did definitely documented and I was grateful that I did. Um, so we get our lunch and we're like, Oh, let's go swimming after lunch. And we were going to go swimming before lunch, but we were both hungry. So because it was going to be before lunch, I took off my jewelry. I took off my rings. I took off my watch and put it in my bag. And then I also took off my sneakers, my, my OG sneakers, ride or die, the Vessi sneakers that I've worn the whole trip. And I had bought some flip-flops before I came to the beach. So that was all in my day bag. And my phone was sitting next to me. And at this point, it's probably five o'clock or so. We've been there a couple of hours and we go back out to the water and we're there for just a few minutes or sorry, no, we're at lunch still. And these two girls come up next to us and they're from the UK, uh, Sophie and Lola, mom and daughter, super cool girls. Right. And we just hit it off and we're chatting and we're ta- you know, we take pictures together and it's just great conversation. Y'all, when you travel, you meet the most wonderful human beings to ever walk this earth. That's all I have to say. Like I have hundreds of new friends in every country in different States. I literally met my new neighbors in Arizona at a beach club in Mykonos. Crazy we'll get there. So, uh, we meet them and we leave them to be, and then we walk back down to the beach and we're like, you know, I I was like, I think I'm gonna go back and like shower and change. And we wanted to go to a a club. Like we wanted to do a beach club party this tonight. And it was, uh, uh, like I said, one of the last parties of the season. So we're walking to leave. Okay. And, um, Lola and Sophie are just by a table and they're dancing and having fun and music is loud and they're, you know, having some drinks. I try one of their drinks. I was like, Oh my God, this is so good. Like, let's stay for a little bit longer. I want to have one of these drinks. Well, day turned to night. And all of a sudden, let me tell you, a beach club can turn into a club club very quickly. There was like smoke coming up. The sun was setting. The music got louder. The DJ was like Everything was amplified at times a thousand and there still wasn't very many people there, but we were having fun and dancing and it was just a freaking blast. It turned dark and there was the high top tables that were still out that were there all day. Mind you, I was there all day. So now it's like eight o'clock or so maybe, and it's dark and my Amsterdam day bag is under one table and my, and I was standing at that table all night. And then I was next, next to that table at another table. And my phone was right there next to me because we were taking pictures and videos and whatever else. And Sophie comes running over to me from the bar. She's like, Sean, I just met these people from Arizona. They're like your neighbors. You have to come meet them. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. You know, like, so I go over to the bar and my stuff is clearly unattended when I'm over at the bar and I'm talking to them and we're having fun and whatever, but I keep looking back over. Like I'm still very much like being aware. And it was the first time, like I said, that I left my stuff down like that. And that's all it takes you guys. It's just one second. 
So not blaming anybody else but myself by any means. Um, And let me tell you, the whole time I kept my money belt strapped to my body. It was never in my day bag, except at this point, because I was going to go swimming. Remember, backtrack, like when you're going to go swimming, you're going to take your jewelry off. You're going to take your money belt off. So everything was in this bag, everything. And, um, so I'm dancing with this guy named Michael and he's from Arizona and we're just dancing and having fun. And him and his two girlfriends, Maddie and tyranny are just like freaking awesome humans. Like literally like we just vibed. It was great. And I I look over and my phone's gone and I look over really quick, like at the table and my bag is gone and my heart like sinks into my stomach. And it's like 10 o'clock or after at this point. And I'm like sick. I'm like, Oh my God. I was like, Michael. My, my things are gone. All my things are gone. Like there's nothing like it's gone. And that's all I could say is it's gone. We start looking everywhere. Everybody's looking Sophie, Lola, Maddie, tyranny, Michael, like we're all looking. Um, and Ernesto had stepped out on a phone call and he was the last person I texted to. And he said, Hey, did you leave? And he was like, no, I'm out on a phone call. And I was like, you know, no worries. So we're all looking for my bag. And I go up to the people working there. I was like, Hey, have you seen this bag? There was a bag here. Did you move it? Anything like that? And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm like, okay we look and, you know, I've kind of come to terms like this is a club and it's now, it got super busy really quickly. I'm like, okay, it's gone. So I said, I'm going to leave you a phone number and the description of the bag. So I left them Michael's phone number and I wrote Amsterdam bag. Remember this part of the story. That's all I left them. Michael's phone number and Amsterdam bag. I didn't leave them my name. I didn't leave them his name, nothing else. I just, I was just, my nerves were like all over the place. Um, in that Amsterdam bag, I was also both of my credit cards, my license, my global entry card, my passport, $200 of cash, and then of course all my electronics and jewelry and everything. So I'm like, you know what? I might as well leave. Like, can you guys make sure I can get back to the city center? Oh, also the key to the ATV. So now I have an ATV that's in a parking lot that I can't take back either. So we get into a cab and I'm like, I got to get a hold of my family. Like, I have to call them. So I'm on Instagram through, um, tyranny's Instagram, I believe. And I was calling, I was, I I clicked on my name and I went through my friends and I was calling people through Instagram. I called my dad. I called my mom. I called my sister. And then I called ex-boyfriends. I was dialing people's phone numbers that I can remember. The downfall of having phones, you guys, these days is we're not forced to remember phone numbers anymore. And it was a lesson that I took home with me that I'm going to use my phone a lot less often when it comes to navigation and when it comes to um, memorizing phone numbers. Luckily, I'm a very photogenic person, so I was actually able to get around very well on this island, even being there less than 12 hours with my photographic memory. So very grateful for that. We got back to the city center and it's booming like it's it's probably midnight at this point. And my sister happens to call me back. I said, hey, I can't get a hold of mom and dad. Everything was stolen. My dad calls me. I talked to him and my mom and they Venmoed Maddie money and um, Maddie gave me $100. So at this point, we're sitting down having euros. We're starving. And the girls are like, why aren't you bawling your eyes out? Like, what is like, you're a champ. Like, I'd be bawling. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I think I'm too you know, my fight or flight response is kicked in totally, but I'm like, what's that going to do for me? Like, it's not going to get anything back. There's nothing I can do right now. I can't even feel in my heart and in my head. I'm just like scared. Um, I just, I'm, I'm scared. I don't know what to think. So we're eating and, um, you know, Michael's like, Oh, let's order a bottle of wine. Another bad idea. Cause you know, alcohol doesn't solve anything, but at this point, what are you going to do? So I told my parents when I get back to my laptop, I should be able to message them. Thank God I left my laptop. The only electronic I had, back in my Airbnb. So 
we eat, they, um, the girls go back to the Airbnb. Michael and I go up to this, um, no, we go walking. Yeah. We go to this rooftop, like, and we have another drink and we FaceTime my parents, which, you know, obviously we're pretty tipsy at this point, but he was just like, you know, she's safe. She's going to be fine. Like just reassuring them, of course, because as parents, that's terrifying. Um, and if you've listened to my podcast about being drugged in Jamaica back in January, you'd be like rolling your eyes right now. Like, what are you doing, Shauna? But I don't live in fear. And I believe there's more good people in this world than bad. And so much good came out of this. So we're leaving the rooftop and we're like, let's go find more nightlife. And this is like a party island, but there's literally nothing going on because it's the last party of the weekend the last party of the season. So we hear this music and we're like, oh, let's follow the music. So we follow this music and everybody's wearing white. Everybody wears white on the islands anyway, but like all white party. And there's this big sign. This is 35 years. I remember seeing, and he walks in, like he owns the place. We go right to the bar and like ask for a drink. And they're like, um, this is a private party. <laughs> we're laughing. Cause like, there's literally nothing else going on on the Island. So we're like, oh, okay, sorry. I'm wearing his black sweatshirt and he's wearing a black shirt too. So we literally, everybody's just staring at us. Like, who are these crazy people? Americans. And we're getting ready to leave. And the guy walks up, this little short guy walks up to us with like a platter of like uh, Prosecco, I believe, and like some hors d'oeuvres. And he's like, hey, yeah, here, have some. Welcome to the party. It's my party, actually. And it's his restaurant. And it's, they're celebrating 35 years because he's closing it down. So they welcome us in. And now we're at this party. And it's now 1.30 in the morning, maybe. And, uh, you know, I'm just like, you know, we, we were there for a bit. And we're like, let's let's go back to our place. So to my place. So he walked me back to my place. And he stayed with me in my Airbnb. And, um, it's, you know, he passed right out and I'm on my laptop trying to like connect things. And at this point I hadn't really thought about find my iPhone or anything yet. 3:30 in the morning rolled around and I had my first cry. Like I walked to the bathroom, which was outside of my bedroom around the corner. I was on this balcony. I didn't even get to video. This is my last room that I was in. I didn't get to video it cause I didn't, hadn't checked in yet. Um, cause my Airbnb, like I said, wasn't ready, but they had 24 hour check-in. So I didn't worry about getting back. So 3.30 in the morning came around. I went to the bathroom and I cried and I looked in the mirror and said, everything's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Just for a moment, I cried. And I went back in the room and I tried to sleep. 6.30 rolls around in the morning and it's now October 10th. And it's weird because I'm like getting, losing like feeling in my fingers and in my like mouth, like talking about this. It's just a very weird, feel very violated. And uh, I, I wake up and I'm like, oh, find my iPhone. Oh my God, like I can track it. So I pull up, find my iPhone and it's 6.30 in the morning. Like I said, still super early and everything is pinging. Remember, my phone was next to my bag in a different table. So they took both things, but they were still together. So I noticed this and I was like, hmm, this is interesting. So I, I look and they're still right where I left them. And so I'm like, okay. They're there. They're still at the beach club. I got to get there. I got to get there. Like literally my private investigator side of me, I didn't know I had kicks in. So I'm trying to sneak out and leave Michael sleeping and it doesn't work because he hears me and wakes up and we, he's like, I'm coming with you. And I don't know if he's still drunk or I'm still drunk, but we or if we're hungover, but we just managed to get downstairs and the receptionist calls us a taxi. She's like, hurry up. They'll be here in two minutes. So we go haul an ass back up towards the ATV rental place. Now, remember Addie at the ATV rental place, he had gotten my number earlier. He's like, yeah, he's like, we should get together later. Like he was super nice. And I was like, sure. So I have his phone number and, um, 
that'll be relevant a little bit later. So the cab picks us up and it's windy as hell to the beach, you guys. And now we are just like, I mean, put yourself on like the windiest road in the world and then being drunk or hungover. No, Michael's like passed out in the backseat and my eyes are barely open. Like whatever. Oh my God. How am I going to make it? We get to the beach and the taxi driver, his name is Costa and he's nice enough to wait for us. We we were able to walk out through the beach club still open. Like everything's locked up, but you could still walk out to where we were standing. And it was a shit show, like trash everywhere. Right. And there's people there. Um, there was one guy there starting to clean, but he didn't speak English. Now find my iPhone on your laptop only works. If you can connect to Wi-Fi. like it only updates with that. So I wasn't able to connect to Wi-Fi cause they weren't open and I didn't have their Wi-Fi password, but I was like, it's pinging right here, like right by the bar where I left it just determined. We went to another hotel up above um, this resort and I was able to grab my uh, reception or Wi-Fi from them, but it was still like pinging. We weren't really sure how accurate the pinging was because even my laptop wasn't pinging in the right location. So we looked around for a bit. Long story short, the taxi driver had waited with us. The receptionist was amazing. And, you know, he took my name and number again, or Michael's name and number. And, you know, I was like, there's nothing we can do guys. Like just bring me to the police station. So they bring me to the police station. The cab ride was $50. Michael was nice enough to cover that. Obviously, like I don't have, I have $100 to my name. It's still back in my room at this point. And I told Michael, who's very sick. He's like, I'm going to wait outside. I was like, hey, just go be with your friends. Like, it's okay. Like, I'll be okay. He's like, okay, well, let me know if you need anything. So I'm carrying around my laptop and the police let me into the police station. And they give me a piece of paper and I fill out um, what the incident was and then what I lost and then they stamp it and they said that I could use this as my passport. And I was like thinking, I don't have to like go back over to Athens to the embassy. Like this was very confusing. And he was like, no, this will be good. And I was like, okay. He's like, so, um, an undercover cop will be here in like 15 minutes and you can chat with him and he'll go with you to the beach club. And I was like thinking, well, I was already there, but I should probably go back with a cop like when they open. So cop comes and he walks in with like Navy blue sweatpants and like this fanny pack around his upper chest and uh, a long sleeve and these blue and clear sneakers. Like he, he literally looked kind of like a bum. I'm not going to lie. And his name was Demetrius. And he said, uh, Hey, like there's nothing we can do right now, but at 11 o'clock they open, like we can go together. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, I need to get back to the city center. It's over a mile away, like walking down the road. Like I don't know how to get back. I don't have GPS or anything. And he was like trying to describe it to me. And then he was like, this is too difficult. You know, you're lucky. It's like, he's like, you're lucky. It's the, not the high season right now, or I wouldn't be able to drive you around like this. So he's nice enough to drive me back to where my place was. Again, I just recognized literally stairs. You guys, I was like, I knew, I didn't know any addresses. I knew my hotel name, which was good. Or my Airbnb name. And I got back to my room and he's like, just rest. I'll message you on WhatsApp and we'll go around 11 a.m. I get back to my room and all of a sudden, you guys, the nerves hit me and the hangover hits me and I'm like, my head is in the toilet. And I'm like, oh my, I'm so sick. Probably one of the most sick since like my 21st birthday. And I'm 32 now. So it's been a while since I've been this sick. And I am like, like trying to close my eyes. But like every time I open them, I'm running out to the bathroom. And my my bright yellow bile turned to orange, turned to dark green. I was like, oh my God, I think I need to go to the hospital. Like I had nothing in my stomach, but I was so sick. And then on top of that, you know, the nerves of like being scared about everything happening. Literally my thing, I'm numb right now talking about this is like so fresh in my mind, but I had to share it with you. I have to get it off my chest and out of my, out of my heart right now. 
So he messages me at like 11 15. He's like, Hey, I'll be there in a few minutes. I was like, Hey, I really don't feel good. Um, can we do like an hour? And he was like, Hey, you don't need to go. Like I'll go. My gut told me I had to go. My gut was like, Shauna, get your shit together. You need to go. You have to find my iPhone on your laptop. You know, your stuff is there. There's nothing he can do without you being there. That's what I kept telling myself. And he's like, he was so sweet when he dropped me off earlier. He, he knew that I was writing a book and he goes, you're the writer. What do you want this chapter to say? And I said, I don't want this chapter to say that my head is in a, a porcelain bowl in Mykonos. I want this to be the story. And so please give me an hour. And an hour went by, felt like five minutes. And he's like, are you ready? And I said, yes. So I gathered myself and I'm walking out and I'm walking down these white marble stairs and it's a beautiful sunny day, like not a cloud in the sky. And all I smell is bacon <laughs> and I hadn't ate anything. And it's like I said, it's, it's almost, it's almost noon. I get down the two sets of marble stairs to walk outside to the cobblestone and I get around the corner. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going to vomit. I can't vomit in public. I run all the way back upstairs to the balcony. I could have stopped on the third or second floor where there was a toilet, but I went back to my safe spot where I'd been throwing up all morning. So now I'm throwing up and my, my, um, throwing up nothing. I should say my laptops with me and just a bottle of water. That's all I was carrying around. And I had sunglasses that I bought and they lasted a couple hours. Somehow those broke. So I couldn't even wear sunglasses to like hide my face. And I'm like, I looked in the mirror again. I was like, you got this, like, get your shit together, Shawnee. You have to go. Every part of me was like, you can't go. Like, you're going to be sick. You have this 20 minute ride in a police car. Like you're on this windy ass road again. You're never going to make it. But I did, I did it. And I got to, uh, to the road where he was going to pick me up and he had his four ways on his blinkers and I ran and got in the car. He's like, you have a headache, don't you? And I was like, yeah, I feel awful. And he just kept looking at me like, you know, like <laughs> it was a pity party for sure, but it was fine. So the only thing I really said to him was like, how often does this happen? And he said all the time. And I said, okay, how often do people get their things recovered? He goes sometimes. So, all right, fair enough. So he's actually from Greece and, um, he's been in the business 20 years and that's pretty much the extent of our conversation because I was so out of it. So we get to the beach club and they're open. There's probably 30 to 40 employees there and they're scrubbing everything. It's closed for the season. Like this was the last party and they're scrubbing everything, cleaning everything. And, um, this bald guy in a white t-shirt and khaki shorts is talking to the undercover cop in, in Greek. And I can tell he's like the manager, the owner, something like that. I don't know what they're saying. And that's like the most frustrating part, but I'm like, Oh, you open up my laptop. I'm like, it's right here. Like it's pinging right here. And we're looking around and people are like looking around. Some people are, most people are ignoring me, but some are helping or so they look like they're helping. And they walk us out and they're like, I think it's out here, like in the parking lot, Anna will help you this girl from the boutique store. And I was like, okay. So Anna connected me to her personal hotspot and we're walking around like the parking lot. I'm like, why would it be out here? Like why would you get rid of my stuff? Like you're going to steal it. Like it's good thing. Like there's nobody out here. You wouldn't just toss a bag like this. Like you would take it. And so I really wasn't thinking like this at the time or thinking that maybe it was an inside job because you guys, like I'm sleep deprived. I've been up all night. You do not think straight when you don't sleep. And like I said, I'm so hungover. Like I had the longest day of my life. Second longest. Jamaica was the longest. So I go back inside. I'm like, no, it's here. It's right here. And Maria was there. I was like, Maria, you remember me? Like I was with Ernesto and she's like, yeah. And she just kept doing her thing. And it was really shady. Cause like the day before she was like super sweet. And I'm all like, okay, that was really weird. Weird interaction. Like you totally know who I am and you don't care one bit. And you were super nice. And I'm like, okay, 
whatever. What I found out a little bit later was people that work at these resorts in, in these, on these islands are from other countries because they need the help. So people come in for the summer during the high season and they help, which is fine. So all of a sudden this guy comes, comes from around the corner. It's been about a half an hour. I've been there with the money bag and it's the money belt. And this was in the bottom of my Amsterdam bag. And the only reason I know my Amsterdam bag is there is because my AirPods are pinging there too. My AirPods were in the Amsterdam bag and then my phone was separate. And I looked at him and my heart like sank and I, a tear came to my head. But then I was like, where'd you get that? And he was like, well, I, I, it's in the back. Like, so I don't know somebody turned it in. And I was like, no, that was in my Amsterdam bag, my dark green Amsterdam bag. And I was like stern at this point. I'm like, where did you get that? And he was like, I, he just handed it to me. He's like, I don't know. It was back there. And he like left. And I looked at the guy, the bald guy that was like the manager. And him and the undercover cop were talking again in Greek and undercover cop sitting there puffing on a cigarette. And I was like, no, the rest of my stuff is here. And y'all like, that's like, that's like, there's nothing else I can do. Like, I guess part of me wishes I would have walked back into the kitchen and searched. And like, I mean, I don't know. I didn't know what to do. So we left. The cop left his contact information. He's like, Hey, don't make any irrational decisions about booking flights or anything like that just yet he's like just go back and rest yeah I'm thinking easy for you to say so I go back in my room and I rest and I'm like I got back to my room and within an hour I noticed my phone was pinging at the airport and I don't know if your phone pings quicker than the airpods but then within the hour after that my airpods were pinging there now I'm still so sick you guys like I can barely keep my head out of the toilet and it's now probably 233 three. No, it's later than that. It's probably closer to four. And I'm like, I'm not going to bother the undercover cop. I messaged, um, um, the girls from UK had messaged me on uh, WhatsApp and they're like, Hey, we know Addie from the ATV place. He's willing to help you. And I'm like, how do you know him? They're like, well, we stopped to rent an ATV too. And when we said Sean, our friend Shauna got everything stolen, he remembered your name was Shauna and he had my number. Like it was a small, such a weird like world, you guys. And so when I get back to my room, there's actually a note on my bed prior to me messaging Addie. And it was the American, my American friends that were at the bar and Michael that had stayed with me. I left my room unlocked, you guys, like literally for everything else to get stolen because I just wasn't thinking. And there was a note on the back of my new passport paper. Hey, it's the Americans. Like they have your passport at the beach club. So they had called Michael. But here's the funny thing, you guys. I said Amsterdam bag and a phone number and they had a tan money belt. There's no way they would have known that was mine or let alone to call Michael. Like it was just, I know in my heart, it was an inside job. It was people that were hired there for the summer that took it. They were very quick about it. And definitely they have done it a time or two before. It is what it is. So I had this note on my bed and it made my heart smile. Cause like I said, there are good people, but I messaged Addie. I was like, Hey, all my stuff is pinging at the airport. I have to give this one last effort. Can you pick me up? And he said, yes. So he met me at my hotel he picks me up on one of those, uh, those scooters and like the motorcycles that they ride around. And it's like something I wanted to do this whole trip was ride on one of those. I couldn't drive one cause I didn't have a motorcycle license. He picks me up, no helmet, no nothing. We have like a 10 minute drive to the airport. So it was a nice drive. <laughs> and, um, we get there and my phone is pinging in the corridor between like the rental car places and like the departures and arrivals. And I'm like, it's right here. And there's this one guy, super sketchy, right? Super sketchy watching me. Now I look pretty shady walking around with my laptop open. I'm not going to lie. I definitely look like I'm looking for something, but my guys, I just had this pit in my stomach and I was like, something is not right here. So 
I go to the guy at the, like the barista guy. And I was like, Hey, like, have they been sitting there for a while? And he said, yeah. And he kind of spoke broken English. And I said, okay, well, where are the police? And he's like, well, we can call them for you. And I was like, okay. So this girl comes and she's the police. And she's like, I can go looking for your phone. Like, it was just like, they were just completely oblivious. It's not like American police. And you know, when you're in another country, you have to be careful about when you contact police because you don't know, like in Jamaica, I didn't contact the police when I was drugged because I felt like, you know, I was accusing their people of doing something. And I was just afraid, honestly, to be honest. And in this case, I wasn't, I was like, there's a lot of tourists. This probably happens all the time. And I just felt more secure. She was no help. So in the meantime, I messaged the undercover cop. I said, Hey, I'm at the airport private investigator me, you know, I need to stick to medicine, but, um, he's like, don't do anything. I'll be right there. So he comes whipping in like less than 10 minutes on a motorcycle. He's like, where's it hanging? I'm like right here. Like, and this guy is so sketchy you guys. And I was like, prior to the cop getting there, <laughs> I was like, uh, one of the guys from the group walked away. I was like, Hey, were you at paradise beach club last night? Like you look familiar, <laughs> like trying to like get him to say that they were there. Cause they looked so hungover. He's like, no, we were at this venue recording. We're photographers. And of course my head is like, again, going off like, Oh my God, photographers. Of course they wanted my camera. So the cop comes, he's like, who, where? And I was like, right here. And he's like, Hey guys, like, um, do you want to go in private? I need to talk to you about a situation we have. And, and they're like, no, no, we can talk about it right here in front of everybody. And, um, they're like, what's going on? And he's like, do you want to do this in private or in public? And so they grab all their suitcases and we go, and apparently there's like no private room to do this. And so we're like in the wide open space in this airport. And he's, he, um, he has them open their bags and stuff. And at this point, you guys, I'm feeling super guilty because when they moved the bags, my phone wasn't moving on the find my iPhone. But again, I didn't know how accurate the up-to-date thing was. But when I was moving my laptop, I felt like that was updating pretty quickly. Long story short, these guys were from Germany. They were clean. They didn't have anything. I felt really bad. And I helped them like pack up all the, their things and, and said, sorry. And the undercover cop, I could tell he was mad at me, Demetrius. And I just was like, if I didn't do this, I, I like would have felt like there was one more thing I could have done, you know? And so I didn't, you know, they didn't miss their flight. I didn't harm anybody. I just was, it was my last ditch effort. And so they got on their flight and I was walking out of the airport with the undercover cop. And he was like, this is why we don't do stuff like this. Like, this is why, like, you can't possibly like go through everybody's stuff. I was like, I'm sorry. I get it. I'm sorry. That's what I said. And I was like, okay, that was it. I did everything I possibly could. And, um, I had my passport, which is honestly, you guys, all that mattered to get back to the United States, but you feel quite helpless without a cell phone. Let me tell you that. And, the cop's like, well, how are you going to get back? And I thought to myself, well, where did Addy go? And then I remembered he told me that he was illegal. He's from Brazil, I believe. He's illegally there. And so when I told him the cop was coming, he's like, I got to go. And I'm like, oh, great. So now I'm riding around on a motorcycle in Mykonos with no helmet, with somebody who's an, who's illegal. And I was like, this story just keeps getting better and better. So the cop was like, okay. And then he just left. And so I walked down to the Starbucks and grabbed a coffee and I met the sweet girl, Daniela. And I showed her and she, we were talking and she's, I showed her kind of where my phone was paying. She's like, Oh, that's in departures. And so she's like, I have a badge. I'll go like walk around for you. And I'm like, you know, you're not going to see anything like the Amsterdam bag is in somebody's suitcase. Like nobody's going to hold it's, it's small. And so I just, I've already accepted this. So I'm sitting outside to rebook my flight home and um, see if I could get any money back for my ferry. Cause I had booked my ferry tickets for all the islands for 11 days. And mind you, it's been less than 24 hours that I've been on the island. So I'm able to rebook my flight, not for the next day, for the day after, cause I need to take a ferry back to, to Athens. And she comes out and sits with me. And then Addie comes back and we're there for probably an hour and a half and, and, um, booking everything. And at this point, um, 
I had had a coffee, so I hadn't ate all day, and I finally was able to have a coffee and some more water, and got back to my hotel room just after five, and I had updated everybody on Facebook, and a couple that I had met, Nancy and Brian from the ferry, had messaged me earlier in the day saying that they wanted to take me to dinner, and they were going to actually bring me money, um, so I had some money to get back, and um, then my parents were going to Venmo them. Well, because I got my money belt back and my cash and everything was in that, I was like, you know, clearly this was like an urgent thing where they were like, let's get this American out of our hair. We'll keep all of her things. But if we at least give her her passport, like if they had time to go through my money belt, you guys, they would have taken the $200 of cash, but they didn't. So I had my cash. I had my cards. I had my passport. To be honest, I had everything that could get me back to the country safely. So at this point I had a paper passport and the real passport. But Addie and I went back to my place and he went back to work over at the ATV place. He's like, oh, I want to take you to dinner later. And I was like, well, I'm going to meet um, some friends that I met on the ferry. I'll message you after. Well, that dinner turned into a beautiful sunset, great conversation. Um, And like I said, thank God for my photographic memory. My receptionist was very helpful in helping me get to and from places. But, you know, go down, go down this path, take your third left, then take a right. It'll bring you to the water. Like you have to remember that stuff. You guys, Google is is always at our fingertips. And to be honest with you, it's not very healthy that it is. Um, so we had, I had the most wonderful dinner, uh, fresh sea bass with vegetables and great conversation a couple hours here. And, uh, again, day turned to night, beautiful sunset and gave them a hug. Goodbye. Thank them. I'm definitely going to visit them in San Diego. Great, great, great people. And I walked, started to walk back to my, um, Airbnb and I'm just feeling some sort of way, you know, this was bittersweet, not the way I wanted to end my trip, but happy that I was safe and I wasn't like attacked for my bag or anything like that. You know, it could have been way worse. So at this point I've just been grateful all day for my health and safety. And I'm walking back and I see this gelato place and I was like, you know, I'm still kind of hungry. My fish and vegetables are the only thing I ate all day. And I was like, and I could just like, uh, look at, um, rebooking my ferry for tomorrow. Cause I hadn't done that yet. I just rebooked my flight for two days later. So I looked at the ferry and I'm eating gelato and, and there's just like, you're, it's like a weird feeling. Like you feel like everybody's watching you all of a sudden. Like I was just like scared, I guess I was just like, I don't know. I didn't feel like anybody had followed me, but I just feel like everybody's watching me. And then sitting outside in Mykonos with my laptop, an air, a MacBook air worth of money, at night was not my smartest thing, to be honest with you. I just was like trying to stay in public and, you know, I didn't really want to be alone with myself yet. And, um, so I have my gelato and then I realized like the ferry back to the island to Athens is five hours. And I'm like, I can't, I was nauseous on the three hour trip over there. It was bad. I was like, I'm not going to make it on five hour ferry and I'm still going to be hungover. I'm sure of it. So the flight from country to country is supposed to be treat cheap. Well, it used to be and not anymore. And it was actually $300 for me to book a flight back home. And there was two options, 10 AM or 5 PM. And I didn't want to get back over to Athens late. My plan was to stay in Athens for the night. And I'd booked that hotel for a hundred dollars, non-refundable as well. So I'm like, okay, I will just pay the $300 and my luggage and just get back over. It was literally a 20 minute flight. You guys, So I wake up in the morning and the receptionist told me how to get to the bus station. I grab all my bags, thank them for everything. Um, But prior to that, I had asked them to be my alarm clock in the morning because I didn't have an alarm. And so they had somebody that was going to come up at 630 in the morning to knock on my door, which was so, so sweet of them. And at 330 in the morning, I had opened my laptop because I heard a knock on my door and my heart is racing like out of my chest. Like, remember, like I hadn't been nervous this whole trip anywhere, nowhere. Like I was a little on edge in Budapest, but that was it. But when something like this happens to you, it's like super crazy how you like, 
you're just scared. You're just scared. I'm just not going to lie. You're scared. Um, but not scared enough to like be laying there crying. You're just like, I'm going to beat the shit out of you if you break into my room. (laughs) And so it was one knock and I'm like, Oh my God, what is happening? Just laid there and like prayed. I was like, everything's going to be okay. And then the next knock I heard was the three knocks at 6.30 when I got up and grabbed all my things and went down to reception. She gave me direction to the bus station. Prior to that, I walked down to the beach to grab a coffee and I had this delicious ham, cheese, and mushroom um, crepe to go and uh, grab, jumped on the bus. So I get on the bus to go to the, to the airport and it's, I hear this girl getting on the bus and she's, she's a little bit loud and backtracked to meeting Lola and Sophie from UK. I'd met this girl from Florida as well. And she was just had this distinct voice and she gets on the bus and she was with the girls when they found out that it, when we were all looking for my stuff. So she knew everything of mine was stolen. And I was like, Oh my God, Rebecca. And she's like, Oh my God, you're, you're okay. You're here. Like it was crazy. It's literally the smallest world you guys. So we're talking back and forth and, um, and I get off at the airport and go to get my flight and, uh, I get up to the ticket counter and she's like, Oh, you're on standby. I said, excuse me, (laughs) what? she's like, yeah, you don't have a seat. I didn't pay extra for a seat. You guys. So my seat on my ticket said seat zero. I was like, this is lovely. This, I don't love this for me, but here we are. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well I get to the gate and I was like, please, I need to get over there. And I was going to use the, the, I got to get to the U S embassy, but I didn't have to use that. I was able to get on the flight. Fine. And I sat next to this girl named Natalia. I have a really good photographic memory, like I said, but also I'm very good with names, which has also saved me in uh, remembering all these people. It takes an army to get an American girl back to the United States with for, you know, a time being a lost passport and just not having a phone or anything. So she was looking up like what bus station I had to go to, like to get to my uh, hotel and all this stuff. So I get to the, um, I get to the airport. It's like 11 AM. And every flight that I looked at back home was going to be for about 1:45 PM. And I'm like, wait, why don't I book a flight for today? Like, why am I taking a Metro an hour into Athens to just spend the night to just say I went to Athens. I don't even have a phone. I can't take a single picture. Like there's nothing I can do. Like, I'm just going to lose out on that money, but whatever. Like, let's see if there's a flight today. Like I'll just get home today. And this was October 11th. And there was, there was one seat left on the 145 flight. I was able to go to one of the travel stores and get some, um, and get help from a young girl to get some earplugs and a charger for my laptop to hopefully use on the plane because my first flight from Greece to Atlanta was 12 hours. I was like 12 hours without a phone or music or anything. I don't even have a book. (laughs) I have nothing. It's going to be a really long trip. So she helped me get a couple cords. I literally felt like I was from like the 1800s, the cords that were hanging all over me and like opening my laptop, like to walk around. It was crazy, (laughs) but I was, um, I was, I improvised. I was proud of myself. And so I got to the gate very early and, um, just made sure my laptop was charged and everything like that. And then the flight there was seamless. It was one of the best flights ever on Delta. It was 12 hours. They literally served lunch, dinner, snacks, like everything. I was in an exit row on a window. My laptop worked fine. I was able to write like 30 pages in my book about what happened. So it's the best chapter yet. And everything of course is happening for me. Um, all of my things backtrack to <laughs> prior to going to bed the night before, um, all my things were pinging in Paris. So when I told you everything was pinging in the departures and I was looking for that suitcase, it was because my stuff was offline. It was actually already on a flight and it had lost service. So when they got service back in their country, they, um, 
that's when my things were pinging in Paris. And that's like just the weirdest feeling in the whole world. I can't explain it to you guys. So, um, now they've sold everything. Cause I noticed my phone is in one location in the country and my AirPods are in another. So I hope whoever has my stuff needed it more than me. Uh, but I know karma and I know things always happen for you. And it was a lesson learned, right? And they're just things, uh, my health and my safety come first, but it was a very scary experience. And, uh, again, happy. I didn't have a meltdown. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to get on my Instagram, which is where everybody was following my journey. The most important thing was like checking in with you guys daily. And so there's the most kind of the kindest people in this world. Like I got an email from my Canadian friends that I met in Prague, like, Hey, we're concerned about you. You haven't posted in like 36 hours. Are you like, okay. They found my email through my Instagram. And then, um, um, this one girl found my, um, knew my last name because we had talked before in the past. And my dad called me and he was like, Hey, do you know this girl by the name of Heather? And I was like, I, I think that's a girl like that follows me on Instagram. He goes, she called me to make sure like that I had talked to you. Like people are genuinely concerned and I'm so grateful for each and every one of you. And, uh, I don't know if it's cause it's four in the morning that I can't quite cry yet. I can't quite, I'm, I'm jet lagged. I haven't really slept much. I don't, I don't really know how to feel. I just know that when I landed in Denver on American soil, I just felt extra grateful. And I met this girl named Jana, not Shauna, Jana, and uh, she actually lives here in Denver and she let me use her phone and my, uh, my best friend here in Colorado picked me up and it was the hug that I needed and the peace of home that I needed and to get home and like take a warm shower and just feel like I could let my guard down, um, felt, felt right, felt good, you know? And I was able to get an iPhone, uh, yesterday Interestingly enough, you know, Apple saved me, of course, like I have all the apps on my phone. I have my, I have right down to my, I'm only missing like a couple pictures. So even everything uploaded, like the iCloud, like Apple, amazing. Like I will forever purchase everything I can through them because I'm so grateful. They even looked up my old receipt for my iPhone 13 because I'm trying to submit everything through my travel insurance. I paid extra through World Nomads, which was recommended to me as a traveler backpacking Europe. I paid it like $170 and I'm praying that I can get some of this money back to get stuff covered. Um, but like I said, it's just things and I always say things are replaceable and, and they are, I'm not replaceable, but they are. So for all of you that have reached out, um, I'm happy I was able to reconnect with you. I had a scare that I was going to have to change my phone number yesterday because the iPhone 14s and like what we're going to is the eSIM cards. So not the regular SIM cards. So after being with Xfinity for a couple hours, they thanked me for their patience. They're like, you're the nicest guest we've had all day. And I was like, y'all like being mad and being angry isn't going to get you anywhere. You know, feel your feelings, be sad, but don't take it out on other people. You know, it's nobody else's fault that my stuff was gone, but my own. And uh, that's okay. Like you can have my things. You can't have my pride. You can't have my confidence. You can't have, you can't, you can't put me into fear, you know, like for Jamaica to happen in January and this to happen in October, those are very close. So I don't plan a out of the country trip alone anytime soon. Um, but, um, when I tell you that I still will book that trip out of the country and travel and see the world, you bet I, you bet I will. This world is so beautiful. And the people that I've met, unreal. I literally have people to, to go visit in like every country and I'm not going to pass up that opportunity because, um, some sleaze bags decided that they were just gonna, um, I don't know, swipe up my things and, uh, try to make my life miserable. But uh, my attitude has been the best and I've gotten that feedback from a lot of people, but that's how I live my life. Waves of joy, you guys, like that's the name of my podcast. Things come and go in your life and there's heavy and there's light seasons and there's scary times. 
you always learn from it and you're always growing. But I have to tell you, um, taking pictures of my passport and all my documents and sending that stuff to my mom and turning on my location for my friend Aaron to see was really, really, really important because you have so much on your phone that you rely on, but sending it to your email and to other people is really important because had my laptop been gone, I wouldn't have even had like a copy of my passport to fill out a police report. And so all of this stuff is really important and even more details will be in my book coming out by the end of the year. I have a lot of proofreading to do because I wrote a lot of this book in um, a very, um, uh, a, a nervous, I don't know, not a nervous, but like my emotions were very high when I was writing it. So I'm not sure half of it makes sense, but uh, we'll fill in the gaps. But for now, I love you. My backpacking trip journey is has come to a close. And um, I have more things in my life to figure out right now that of course I'll keep you up to date on because I love you and I'm grateful for you. And I love this platform so much. I always feel better when I just talk it out, even if I start my podcast at three in the morning. (sighs) Again, be grateful for all you have. Be grateful for your health and your safety and the people that love you and know there's so much more good in the world than bad. And all of this happened for me. As Pima Chodron said, as I started this podcast, not causing harm obviously includes not killing or robbing or lying to people. It also includes not being aggressive, not being aggressive with our actions, our speech, or our minds. Learning not to cause harm to ourselves or others is a basic teaching. The ground of not causing harm is mindfulness. Think about that. Think about that real hard. Next time something happens for you, not to you. I love you all so much. Please be kind. Give back. The world needs you just as you are. Drink your water. Eat your veggies. Smile.